and welcome to one of the last uh, editions of the Goshen News Sports Podcast of the 2021-22 school sports season. I mean, we're gonna have other we're gonna have other podcasts in the summer. Don't worry, folks. But this will be the last one of the last ones where we have up to date, fresh high school sports content to talk about. Is how does that make you feel, Evan? Makes me feel pretty excited. Wow, I would say. Evan Leapack hates the kids. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> uh, Take a mini break. Yeah, it's, I, it's been a long, you know, what, uh, ten months. It's August. August, first week of August to now. It's been boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's been 10 months. So, so um, I mean, we're going to be busy doing stuff, but the usual grind is it'll be nice to do something different for a little bit. Yeah, not sweat out a deadline for the first time in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have to sit in the backseat of my car and write for a couple weeks. That's always exciting. So It's the worst. Yeah. I might just do it for fun, like in July. Be like, I'm bored. Let's do the desk from the car. How about that? Wow. <laughs> what an idea. What um, an idea. Yeah, so uh, the reason why we're, we're kind of talking about this is because as of now, we only have high school boys golf left for us to cover. Um, we'll talk about the, the sports that ended this past weekend first. We'll start with baseball, uh, the diamond. Uh, we had a couple of regional semifinal losses in the morning games uh, Saturday. Did I already say Saturday? Sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Thanks for, thank you for not paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to what I was saying either. So, Fairfield. We'll start with Fairfield. Tough 2-1 loss to Eastside in the regional semifinal at Whiting uh, Oil City Stadium. So, Evan, uh, you, you were there. You know, maybe give your first-hand analysis of uh, the Falcons' season coming to a tough end to one of their rivals of the NECC and the Eastside Blazers. Well, in my story, I did say that uh, I was impressed with how they came out. It was was pretty obvious that they were ready to go, even though it was a decent travel to Whiting. It was more of a decent travel for Eastside, I feel like, right? It was three hours for them, yes. (laughs) That's more than decent. That's why they both stayed in hotels overnight, Saturday or Friday night, so. Right, so. But I was impressed with how Fairfield came out. Obviously, when you have two pitchers like Owen Willard, Alec Hirschberger, going to go back and forth, and that was the expectation. That's kind of what you got with the 2-1 game. In the first matchup with Eastside in the regular season, it was 9-3. to So, like, like I said before, played them way better this time. They were locked in. Defensively, there was no errors. That was the biggest thing in the first game. They had a few errors that really cost them in that one. They made sparkling defensive plays, honestly, when Eastside was actually making the errors this time. And then, of course, Alec Hirschberger does his thing, 14 strikeouts. Put him, in, put him in a position to win the game, honestly. I mean, they had a great chance. They were up one nothing after three innings, or after four innings, I should say. But then it only lasted a half inning because, unfortunately, Eastside picked up a couple runs in the top of the fifth to uh, go up 2-1, and then Owen Willen... Owen Willard was kind of on the rest of the game. Fairfield didn't really stand a chance for most of the game in the batter's box. Willard's curveball, fastball, he's doing a great job mixing up both pitches. And he had double-digit strikeouts as well to kind of help them advance and in Fairfield's season at 19-7, and seven, which get a sexual title for the first time in 12 years, over a decade. 
with everything they had to go through, you know, with not only the weather, but with Caden, just a lot of stuff to have to deal with and to still come together and go 19-7, win that sectional title. I mean, it was a great season. And then, you know, in the regional, give give a great team all they all they could handle. So Right. It was a valiant effort, a, a tremendous coaching job, not only by Darren Kaufman, but the whole staff at Fairfield to, like, get those kids focused and for the final two weeks. And, you know, you naturally you should be, you know, amped for the sectional. But I'm given all the emotions of the past two weeks, I've you wouldn't have been – you wouldn't have faulted them if they came out and they weren't like 100% locked in just because of everything that happened. I mean, they lost, they literally lost a teammate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so kudos to Darren and kudos to that staff for getting them focused, channeling that kind of energy towards playing for Caden, winning that sectional title. You could just tell the emotion on their face after they won that game over Westview last week. Like it meant, it meant almost more than a sectional championship for them, you know? So. It was a good season for them, too. They came in with some expectations, and I think they lived up to them for the most part. I mean, they, only did, they didn't win the NECC title, but that's – I mean, it's a tough conference this year. You had five teams playing for sectional championships in the NECC. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you played, you know, two of them. Got to, you know, at, least, at least three got to regionals. So, like, you know, that's a good year for the conference. Obviously, two got to regionals in Fairfield and Eastside. So – um, yeah, it was a good year for the conference. So, like, losing the NECC title this year wasn't devastating by any means. No. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I would say good season overall for them. And uh, given all the circumstances at the end, a tremendous uh, coaching job by Darren and his staff. So I'm sure Darren would really appreciate those kind words from you, man. Yeah. If he was here, he'd shake Ho- your hand. Hopefully he's listening to the podcast right now. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to text him and be like, "Hey, man, we, we gave you a lot of, uh, we pumped you up." So uh, now you have to listen. Now you gotta listen. We're gonna get at least one listener <laughs> out of this week, and that's Darren Kaufman. So that's good to know. They're gonna be good next year, I think too. I think they will. Hirschberger coming back for a senior year. They got a lot of those solid players returning. Like you're gonna lose Owen Miller in the middle of the lineup, which hurts. But Casey a lot of Murray's those guys, pretty solid. Yeah. There's like four seniors, I believe, that they're losing from this roster, but they have a lot of. A lot of promising sophomores as well that played, that were in the lineup, you know, normally. And then obviously, Alec Hersberg has one more year to show off what he can do. We already know he can do in the mound, but maybe to uh, get even better if that's mm-hmm. possible, which it is, obviously. Yeah. He'll, he'll get better. He, he'll, he'll, he'll fine get better. tune some more stuff. Yeah. So he'll, he'll be fun to watch. And uh, so, yeah, good season for Fairfield. And then also ending this past week was. Wawasee Baseball, they lost in the regional semifinal to uh, Newcastle. Excuse me, I almost forgot who they lost to. I was there. I was there and I almost forgot who they lost to. 9 um, nothing. Newcastle with two Division One commits, and they played like that against the Warriors. Uh, Aiden Decker Petty, pitcher, committed to Indiana University in Bloomington. It's pretty good. That's decent. Um, 16 strikeouts. He only gave up one hit, seven innings pitched. Uh, he was just dominating start to finish, literally. And uh, Who got the hit? Gavin Malone on an infield single. It was a slow roller into the, into the like, sh- towards shortstop, like deep into the shortstop corner. So, like, it would have been really impossible for them to get him out. Like, if they had gotten Malone out somehow, like, 
Great play. Yeah, it's an incredible play. Or Malone is the slowest person in America. Like, they would have gotten me out on that play because I'm not athletic, but a high school like athlete, he should be safe. Maybe Nine if, and a half maybe times if out of you're ten. sprinting, you know, if you're really giving it no, all, no, I still wouldn't have made it. That's how slow I am. You'd probably um, trip and do the out there. So yeah, it was it was a infield single to start the seventh inning. It was very like you ground you were kind of almost hoping for the no hitter at that point, you know, even if you know someone who was covering Wallace, I was like, how oh, it would be kind of cool if we threw a no hitter here. Like you just want to see a no hitter, you just want to see the world burn, right? Well, you want to see a little, little like, not, not like history. It's, it's history to an extent, you know. No hitter in a regional game. Well, Wabsi was already behind the eight ball because it was nine nothing, right? There was no like, there was no drama left in the game. It was just a matter of is this kid going to get a no hitter or not. So that was why I was kind of like secretly maybe pulling for it, um, but he didn't get it. But he still, I mean, still one hit, sixteen strikeouts, pretty good. And then a uh, Purdue commit, Corbin Mallet, four RBIs batting. Uh, he had a two RBI single in the second inning, helped him go up 3-0, and then he had a two RBI double in the sixth inning. That really opened up the game. Used so. his mallet. His there you bat. Go. His bat yep. mallet. He had a mallet. He didn't use a bat. He had a mallet. <laughs> uh, and then Newcastle won the night game, won the, section, won the regional championship, their first regional title since 1996. That's so congratulations awesome. to them. Good uh, for the yeah, Wallace, Wallace, uh, you know, they struggled. Um, the loss of Grant Brooks for the game really hurt them. Um, I don't know how much of a difference it makes necessarily in the grand scheme of the game, but if he's able to pitch a little bit, he's a little more of a commanding pitcher, can throw fast. You know, the three guys that Wallace pitched, you know, they weren't the the scariest arms in the world necessarily. Grant's got some speed and movement, and he bats really well. So, at a minimum, he's a threat in the lineup. Um, but him not playing because of an arm injury really, really hurt them. Took the wind out of their sails a little bit. He was still there. I give him credit for, you know, still being a good teammate, trying to do what he can. But you could probably, you could tell, like, looking at him from time to time during the game that it was killing him that he wasn't out there, you know, trying to help his team. So Senior. And a senior, yeah. You, like, that guy has meant as much to a program in the last four years as almost anybody in the last four years. I mean, Wallace Baseball hadn't won a sectional in 25 years. And he's been the catalyst for two in a row. Back to back. Right. Like, you don't. He's a Purdue. He's a Butler commit. You know, Division One baseball player. He pitches well. He hits well. He runs well. He does everything well. Like he's got that edge to him. Arguably the most important player for a team that we cover, at least in baseball, in the last four years. He's he's on that list. He's made that much of an impact on the program. Just in baseball, yes, I agree. Right, right. There's other athletes in other sports, of course, but we're going to talk about our baseball teams in the last four years. He's arguably the best we've had overall. Him and, and, and like Alec Hirschberg is going to make a case for it when he's done with his career at Fairfield. But he only pitches, he only plays pretty much, I mean, he bats a little bit. Brooks is all around. Yep. So um, so it's tough. You know, it's tough when you see kids like that when they have to end their season like that, you know, because he's meant so much to them. They made a nice little turnaround towards the end of the season. You know, it was up and down. They were sitting like seven games under 500, won the last six games. You know, last few games of the regular season, then the sectional games to win six in a row to get to the regional. So they did a nice little finish. You know, they kind of turned around a little bit at the end, mm-hmm. which is nice to see because, I mean, they had like four or five losses this season before that run that were by one run, and they were winning a majority of those games at, at one point. So Yeah, and, and, and I talked to uh, Grant specifically uh, before the regionals, you know, asking him about, like, was it almost validation to win the second one? You know, because 
they kind of they upset Northwood in 2021 in that first one, and then this year they come back and they win a second one. So um, he's like, yeah, I mean it meant a lot because we had a lot of people saying that we were one and done, you know, type of team program, like not calling like frauds or anything, but you know they lost that regional semi final game. And like, oh, maybe they just went one and done. Like, they're not going to repeat it. So to be able to repeat it, you know, was next. They caught a little bit of a break, obviously, with Jimtown losing to Northwood. But still, you got to play who's in front of you, mm-hmm. you know. And they took it. They took care of business. And none of their none of the, none of the none of their sectional games were in doubt. There we go. Haha, words. They're hard. Um, you know, they took care of business. So kudos to them. So um, just ran to a really good team. And Newcastle, they're going to play for a semi-state. Like Newcastle is one of the Final Four in 3A. And with Decker Petty pitching, you know, they're going to have just a chance as anybody. He's going to pitch their next two games. So they're going to have just a chance of anybody to win. So, like, they're get, he's going to pitch – he'll pitch semi-state. And if they win, he's going to pitch the state game. They have a week off. So That's right. It's not like softball. You get seven days. You get one semi-state game and one state game. It's Yeah, stupid. Um, so, yeah, baseball done it's a good season weird year goshen baseball went below 500 and won the nlc that'll probably be what i remember most from this year goshen did some good stuff fairfield fairfield rallying around uh caden schrock at the end of the season i'll probably remember that a lot too from this year mm-hmm. um and their, their just team in general was pretty good and fun to watch um northridge had another solid season as yeah. expected yeah so yeah first season of chad gerard over there Lost a tight one to Penn in the sectional final. Nothing to be ashamed of losing to Penn Mm-mm. in anything. So, yeah, uh, I would say that was a successful year. In baseball. Westview also had a good season. Westview, they're emerging. Watch out mm-hmm. for Westview. Maybe Watch next out year. For those Warriors. Just saying. Yeah, it's their time. All right, uh, the track. We're done with track as well. I don't know if you know that. So, track season is over. Finished up at the state meet this past weekend. Uh, highlighted by Emma Yoder, Wawasee sophomore. Third in the discus throw at the girls' state track meet on Friday. Throw of 134 feet, 3 inches. She went from 7th to 3rd place with that throw. So she was she was seated 8th coming in. Mm-hmm. She was in that 6th and 7th place range through the first 4 or 5 throws. And then she just uncorked one school record, her own broke her own school record again, probably like the third or fourth time she did that this year. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy to see that. I didn't realize because on Friday night I wasn't I wasn't following it along as closely. I, I apologize to anyone. I was I don't even know what I was doing Friday night, but oh, probably covering the coming down from the golf. I was covering golf in the afternoon sectional, boys golf sectional, and it went. I was working until about six o'clock, and she broke the record. She got third place around like five o'clock, so that's why I missed that. So, sorry. Yeah, big but sorry. When I saw the tweet, third place, I was like, "Whoa, like crazy! Good for her." She, uh, yeah, it's always awesome when you can end like that, you know. So, in her own words, it feels pretty good. Yeah, it's, shocking. It's been a good year. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she I would broke agree her. With that. You can say more of her quote there for my story. No. Wow. <laughs> she broke her own school record, I'm pretty sure, at the at all three postseason meets, sectional, regional, state. So, at least twice in the postseason. I know that much. So, at least at regional, at least at semi, or sectional, or state. God, I forgot they don't do a semi-state. So. Sectional, regional, regional state. Regional and semi-state. state. Semi-state. <laughs> regional and state. Um, Every single option. She broke it at some one of them. So, congratulations to her. 
Um, also on the girls' side on Friday night, I'll try to read through this quickly. Uh, the Northridge 4x4 relay team was 16th. Uh, Northwood had two relay teams going. The 4x1 was 23rd, and the 4x8 was 25th. And then Brooklyn Reddick was 25th in the high jump from Lakeland. So, why did you do that crying thing? But what I will say, it's tough finishes, but you make it to state. I would, I'd be happy with the state appearance, regardless right. of the finish. Right. It sounds bad, but like you go to state, like the best of the best are there. So like you're technically you're top twenty seven in the state. Getting so, there. So who cares if you finish close to the bottom? It's pretty cool. you're already there. And like some of these times were like personal bests, you know, for the record, like for their team. So like they they ran well. It's just that the state meet is loaded every year. Obviously, it's the state meet. So. Yes, you're correct. It's always loaded every year at the state because meet. it's the state meet. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it works. And then the boys ran Saturday. Notably for us, Jack Moore from Northridge, a senior, finished off his high school career. Fifth place showing in the 3,200-meter run. He was in second place going into the final lap. The guy who was winning was pretty much, you know, I'm going to say way ahead, but he was ahead. You watched it, right? I did watch the race. The live stream? I watched it, yeah. I spent 10 bucks to watch that thing. So, Did you get it reimbursed by the company? I have not yet. I should probably get that. It's, it's only 10 bucks, but I should probably get it reimbursed. That's a, that's a nice meal at a fast food joint. Yeah. Well, almost. I spent ga- like, that's, that's, that's almost two gallons of gas now. I spent like $14 at Taco Bell the other day, so I guess it's almost that's enough. That's your for, fault. <laughs> you, can get, you can get a good meal at Taco Bell for like 7 bucks. For, I know you can, but um, I get the bougie, uh, bougie items. Chicken quesadilla. I go with the deluxe box, whatever the deluxe box is, more times than not. I think it's the the cheesy galoop, cheese galoop. <laughs> <laughs> the cheesy, the cheesy uh, gord, what is it? <laughs> chalupa. <laughs> I got it's caught between cheddar. saying gordita and chalupa. It's the toasted cheddar chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> the go- I like the galoopa better. I think that should be a new item at Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> Um, we need a moment. We need a moment to recover. Uh, uh, anyway, boys track. I don't think they need a lot of Taco Bell on the boys track team. No. Um, he was second place, Jack Moore. Uh, going to the final lap. Got caught by a couple of guys. So Evan's not going to be able to recover from that. So that's great. There's an audible spike on the uh, where we talked about the Chalupa. The Chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm so, doing all right. Barely. Uh, Tommy Tommy Claxton from Goshen was also in the race. By the way, Jack Moore's time of 9:03 was his personal best. So great season for him. He you know he won sectionally, won regional. He pretty much won every other race he was in, and ran against some of the state's best. I mean, he was you know there was a moment there about midway through the race where I was like, oh maybe he could like keep it up. The guy from Carmel ran 8:59. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Insane. Yeah. So nine minutes. Nine oh three. Nine oh three is still a really darn good time. Um, so yeah, and then uh, Tommy Claxton was also in that race uh, from Goshen Junior. He was fourteenth uh, place, nine twenty three point eight one. Good time. Nothing to be wrong with that. He improved off his seed time. So there you go. Um, and then Goshen also had a four by eight team go down sixteenth place, uh, time of seven fifty nine point six seven. It's their personal best as a t- as a team. Um, again, you 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 go sub eight and the four by eight. That's pretty darn good, and mm-hmm. just and it was just a loaded year for that. Four by eight's always been really tough at state. Um, all these Indianapolis schools and Penn and the Fort Wayne schools are. Yeah, if you look at the the results, it 
the schools that were ahead of them. All big names. All big names. Right. Goshen's so. a big school too, but yeah. Um, Concord had two kids. Jatan Thomas, he was seventh in his heat at the 100-meter dash. He forgot to write down his final positioning, but he he might have been, uh, I don't know, he didn't look 100% the last couple weeks of the year. He was gimpy. He was a little gimpy when he was getting his, uh, his diploma, it looked like, walking across the stage from what I saw. Just my own two eyes. Maybe it's just his, uh, you know, maybe it's just his normal walk. I don't yeah. know. But I, I doubt it. I'm guessing he'll be, you know, he'll have time to recover here and be ready for college running. He's going to Marion, you know, University in Indianapolis. Uh, and then Anthony Roberts, 1,600-meter run. He was looking really good. He was in third place going into the final lap. And then uh, he just ran out of gas. He finished 12th. Still a good showing, 4 minutes, 20 seconds. Um he was uh it was kind of fun to watch it because it was like so you're gonna like mess around and like take top five here at least you know but you could just see in that last lap like he hit the wall and he ran a really fast first couple laps for him his standard and then just kind of but still i mean to finish the top half of the race it's pretty good maybe he got too excited at the beginning i think his strategy was probably to run hard the first couple laps and see where he can get because he knew if he like stayed back he probably wasn't going to be able to catch a lot of people with their big push so big push the big push at the end uh northridge along with jack moore had two others as well jackson miller the junior was eight uh, 12th in the 800 meter run uh so a good showing for him there time of 155.75 and then mason floria senior 300 meter hurdles was 17th uh time of 40.73 seconds so um, he was a good hurdler all year, and so was Miller in the 800, kind of came mm-hmm. on late and did really well in that race. And then uh, Northwood's Revan Miller in the throwing events, um, he was in discus first. He got 19th. He improved off his seat time, threw it 142 feet. Uh, struggled in the shot put. He only had one throw of his three count. He faulted on two more, and his one throw that counted was only 46 feet, um, which he, he threw 55 feet in the sectional. Wow. So he struggled a little bit. Finished 26th out of 27. The only guy he finished ahead of was someone who faulted three times. So didn't score. But he wasn't last. He was not last. So, uh, yeah, just a tough day for him. You know, sometimes that happens. Throwing is one of those weird ones where you could fault three times and that's it, you know. Mm. So, I, you know, he, he wasn't going to win probably in shot put. The kid from Columbus North who has the state record and everything, like, only, only Indiana high school athlete to ever throw more than 70 feet, you know, in shot put. Pretty good. So. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. The guy only threw 66 feet. feet only, threw, only threw 66 feet at the state meet. He only won by two feet. He was he was challenged, so. Wow. Kind of. Um, anything else you want to talk about from track? Any other observations? I know I was, I was primarily the track coverage guy this year, so I. Yeah, I didn't cover any track. You helped me at the regional. You yeah, that was, photos, it. that was it. You said, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I know I was mainly the guy. I was like, you were the guy. I, I was guy. I don't know what you're talking I about. I am the guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it went about as well as I thought it could. I was a little disappointed by some at the end. It looked like, um, like I think Drew Hogan, to an extent, like peaked at some point during the middle of the season. He, he didn't run his best at the end, which I was a little disappointed in. Jatan Thomas being maybe injured at the end too. Mason Floria being a little banged up. I mean, mm-hmm. before the races, I would see his, like, I was look at his, like, ankles and his, like, calves were all wrapped up, like, running the hurdles. So it was like, he must have been dealing with something, 
you know, as well. And everyone runs probably not 100%, you're not 100% usually at the end towards, of the year. Towards the end, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, still, it was a little disappointing in a sense, the, the finish, because midway through the year, it looked really good. It was like Florio was dominating, Jutan Thomas was dominating, Hogan was winning a lot, and it, you know, kind of sputtered a little bit at the end, but... I would still say pretty successful years and careers for all those guys. What are we going to do? What are we going to do without all this, uh, Track these talented... Uh, yeah, the, the boys cross-country year season next year, man, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you got Tommy Claxton and from Goshen and Jackson Miller from Northridge coming back, but, you know, Goshen graduates, Hogan and Cole Johnston. Um, you get uh, Jack Moore, obviously, graduating from Northridge. Roberts and Thomas. Roberts, gone. Anthony Roberts has gone from Concord. You mm-hmm. know, so the cross country in the fall, it's going to be interesting. So, and then the track in the spring will be just as interesting. Yeah, we're not one season at a time. That's Let's a whole year. one season at That's a time. That's like ten. Wait, eight months? Nine months, maybe. Nine months from now. Mm-hmm. March. Who knows what could happen between now? In March. So. Good, good analysis. You never know. So you never do know. Okay. Um, let's let's that's let's put a bow on that. That we're done. That feels good. Uh, let's talk about golf. Boys golf. We kind of touched on it a little bit, kind of, not really earlier. Um, Northridge, your sectional champions over at Metal Valley, three fifteen, best score of the year for the Raiders, and uh, the Raiders. Ty Miller. Tyler Miller, or Ty Miller, he was the guy. Usually, he was the he was the co guy. He was the guy from Northridge <laughs> in this particular yes invitational. He led Northridge because usually Brock Rushley's that guy, but he beat uh, Ty Miller at seventy three and uh, Brock Rushley seventy seven. Seventy three, him and Earl Williams. Yeah, if, if about if, that, uh, the playoff that you if Ty, if that you Ty, watched, if Ty Miller was that guy. Earl Williams was that dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, Ty Miller had a good chance to win the playoff. Earl, Bill, Earl Williams was having a really good round. He was 400 through 12. I watched him make that birdie putt on the 12th hole. I'd be like, whoa, this guy's like on fire. Mm-hmm. And then I talked him up the rest of the day, and then he almost didn't win. So that was great. Um, but he finished, <laughs> he rallied. He rallied in the last uh, playoff hole. It was, it was, you know, after the second shots, Ty Miller was on the green. And Earl was just short of the green, so Earl was going to have to chip, and Tyler had a, like a birdie putt. And you were like, oh, maybe Ty, Ty's going to win this thing. But uh, Earl had a nice chip, and then Ty missed the birdie putt. Earl made his par putt, and then Ty missed the par putt. So Earl won. So Yeah. Both shot 73. Both are in contention as to get out, uh, out of regional as individuals, I would say, along with Brock Rashley. So I told – well, Ty was like – he told me that it was very embarrassing that he lost that. He was so stupid. And I was like, well, now you just have to shoot it below a 70. When, when were you talking to Ty Miller about this? On the Twitter. Just DM'd you? Or On you the DM'd social him. platform. You guys are best friends now? We talk from time to time. But I told him, if shoots under a 70, just shoot under a 70 at regionals, get to state. That's all you got to do. Get no pressure. And he said, uh, if I do that, uh, you'll get a shout out, so... We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Evan Leepak for inspiring me to shoot. I'm glad you're talking it up with the Utes. Occasionally. Chopping it up. Certain Utes. Certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you're, I go, I, 
I've been the I've, I'm the golf guy, right? I've been a bunch of the golfs. So I've been a lot of golf. <laughs> a lot of the golfs. So I mean, these particular players have seen me a good bit. Uh, I usually try my best to uh, be social. So it's kind of where it stems from. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Northridge three fifteen. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. We got three. Evan's, Evan's trying to re- recreate his high school glory days. I guess. <laughs> Of an athlete, you should tell him that you really you're really good at golf, and we should play around. No, mm. I'm really you'll okay. Either, I could putt putt. You'll drive you'll drive the cart for them around the course. That's let, what you'll let be. me drive you'll the be cart. Be a chauffeur. You're chauffeur. 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 <laughs> Four. <laughs> Eating a galupa at the same time <laughs> <laughs> while I'm chauffeuring in my golf cart. Uh, good times. <laughs> the galupa is never going to be let down. We're never going to remember <laughs> even the end of it. <laughs> I was like, where did, where did that even come from? The Galupa. We should name this episode The Galupa and see how people react to like, it. What is it? Uh, I I told you it got caught between the Gordita and the and the Chalupa. <laughs> I almost said Galupa again. Uh, okay. Also advancing as a team out of the Northridge sectional was Fairfield, three forty four. A little bit of a surprise. They got out. They were in the contention. Not that it was a total shock. But they put up a 344, and that was good enough to get out. And then Goshen, 350, said it was – Coach Randall said it was their worst 18-hole performance of the year, but they still made it out to regional. Um, Northwood fell three shots short. It seemed like a lot of people struggled Friday on the, on the course. It was a little bit of a windy day at times. Um, the greens were moving fast. Cooper Weens didn't think he even shot enough – shot good enough to get out individually. He's 82 – advanced him to the regional. So mm-hmm. usually you don't see an 80-plus get out individually. So that's that's a sign of how Gives you an idea. tough the course was. Mm-hmm. So Lakeland struggled uh, to a fifth-place finish or sixth place at 375. Um, so, yeah, you got Northridge, Fairfield, Goshen, the full teams going. Earl Williams from Northwood. Cooper Weens, like I said, also got out. Uh, Silas Harer from Westview shot a 74. Mm-hmm. Freshman's going to uh, regional. And then from the Warsaw sectional, Jay Finlinson from Wawasee shot a 76. He's also going to regional. This Thursday, Plymouth, Swan Lake Golf Course in Plymouth, like I said. So, I've heard it's a difficult, more difficult course. The Black Course at Swan Lake. Yes, the Black Swan Lake. So, um, yeah, I, I put together a little list of uh, the team's that are going to regional and their sectional scores. Uh, That's if, good. If we're going to have a baseline of what to expect, maybe. Obviously, different course, so teams might be playing better on a certain course mm-hmm. than others. But if we're going purely off of sectional scores, Northridge will, will be the sixth, like a sixth seed. They're like the sixth seed with their 315. Mm, top three go? Top three, yeah, top three teams go. And I believe the top five individuals from non-advancing teams advance as well. Let me pull that up. I have it right here on the IHSA website, I think. See if it loads. This is a dramatic pause. Top five low individuals also advance. Okay. Without who are on non who are on who are on non-advancing teams. Right. So right. So a total of twenty players from the regional will go. Three five players from three teams and then five individuals. So we have a handful of guys that if Northridge can't make it as a team, they have two guys that are capable of making it individually. Obviously, Fairfield has Braden Miller, who's capable of making it individually. And then, you know, Earl Williams, 
Same with the kid from Westview. Par. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, to be honest, because... It sounds right. Because they did a pronunciation. One one of the invitationals I went to... Har. And it was like... I don't think it was Har. I think it was like Har. Like, Just Har. Silas yeah, Har. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's correct. If yeah. it's not, then I'm sorry to uh, Silas. The, the leader in the clubhouse, in terms of sectional scores, Leo shot 297. Oh, at no. At the East Noble sectional. Uh, Fort Wayne Carroll was a 300. And Columbia City shot a 302 at the Warsaw sectional to edge out Warsaw by two shots. Um, so it's going to be stiff competition. Obviously, it's the regional. It's what you expect. Golf is one of the hardest sports. I said that last week. I feel like it's one of the hardest sports, if not the hardest sport, to make it state in. Um, just because there's so few spots and there's a lot of good teams. Um, what do you think? How many? How many do, should they should they do top five teams? Or is that is that too much? You think? I think with with six reg- with five regionals, top five wouldn't be terrible, right? Or even even top four. That's twenty teams to state instead of fifteen. Yeah, I feel like they could add a little bit. You know, five to ten, in my mind. And obviously, you you want to you know not have so many teams there where it takes like four days to get the tournament done. You want to be able to get the tournament in, of course, but you know. Just do, you know, do a three-day thing. Just pretend it's like a PGA Tour. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Golf <laughs> invitation. Could you imagine cover? Could you imagine doing high school stuff on a Sunday? They actually vetoed it. I don't know if the, when they approved all the sectional alignments and things like that. Mm-hmm. One of the proposals that was up for uh, consideration was like executive power by the commissioner to move a sporting event to Sunday in case of weather, and it was uh, vetoed. Nineteen nothing. Out, unanimously vote against was the vote by the board. So that makes a lot of sense. I, I wouldn't want to work on a Sunday either. So. Mm. Sundays are for the Lord. Yep. This, this state still cares about Jesus. Mm hmm. Very much so. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. God, country, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Notre Dame, no, we got to get a couple of local, more local notes in uh, before we talk about Notre Dame baseball. So. That would have been a nice segue if we were doing baseball talk, but we're not. Um, but we're not. A couple other local notes. Wanted to plug in there before we uh, get going on Notre Dame baseball. How about this? Did you hear the big news, Evan? I heard it a few weeks ago. You heard it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. Uh, the inaugural Goshen News Sports Awards. They're coming. Monday, June 20th, 6 p.m., live on our website, GoshenNews.com. We will be doing our first ever live sports awards show. End of year sports extravaganza. It's pretty exciting, man. Are you excited? It is exciting. Where are we going to do it, though? It has to be somewhere exciting. We have to figure, figure out a place to stream this thing. Yeah. So Let's just do it on the stage of Goshen Theater Empty. Yeah. Empty we're going to do it in person anyway. <laughs> so, we will, uh, if you didn't read the story on our website, goshennews.com, we, uh, we are going to be doing a show on the 20th. It'll be virtual this year because mm-hmm. we kind of got a little late to the party to putting this together, not going to lie. We gave it a stab, but we decided it's not for the best at this moment. We, ra- we would rather not rush it and be bad. We'll just do an online version, and, and it's a little more controlled. We can do, be better with that. Mm-hmm. We won't mess anything up, hopefully. And hopefully um, in future years, it becomes a tradition of in-person. So. Yep. Somewhere like the Goshen Theater, over at Goshen College, maybe. 
We had a couple ideas of places we could do this. We want to really make it right, though. We don't want to rush it our first year. So get some buzz around the show as well. Already got some good messages from people, emails, recommendations for nominees for different awards that I put in the story. So nice. We've already got it going. Um, 14 total awards. Seven categories. Seven categories, 14 awards given out. One female sports, one male sports per category. Uh, the categories are team of the year, pretty simple, best team, you know, coach of the year from one male sport and one female sport, a three-sport athlete of the year honoring the best athlete who performed in three different sports across the year, mm-hmm. um, individual athlete of the year, which is designed to give it to someone who played only one sport, but they were really good at it. Um, so, and then breakout athlete of the year, someone who kind of came on the scene you know, could be in one sport, could be in multiple sports. That's open to interpretation by us. Um, scholar athlete of the year, honoring those who are really good in the classroom as well as on the field. Mm-hmm. And then the Mental Attitude Award uh, winner. So, which is, you know, when you if you've ever watched anything from the IHSA, you've got an idea of what the Mental Attitude is. You know, someone who's a good civilian and, uh, you know, good in the sports and, you know, does things the right way, things like that, good leader. Yada, yada, yada. So. Someone you'd want your son or daughter to marry someday. That's what that, they should put that in the IHSA description <laughs> of that award. Someone you'd want your kid to marry. Um, so, yeah, June 20 at 6 p.m., uh, Evan and I will be trying to go through an award show. So, we'll see how this goes. It should be fun. I'm actually looking very much looking forward to it. We are hoping to have the finalists, the three finalists for each award. Named by Monday, this upcoming Monday, June 13th. Get some buzz going about it. See, get some interest going. And then... Uh, June, June, what day? June 13th. Okay. Isn't there a new Buzz Lightyear uh, movie coming out like sometime this month? So we'll get some Buzz Lightyear said, going about it. You said it. buzz. So I was like, well... That was not intentional. In fact, yeah. No. <laughs> we're not here to... It's like plug. a live action. Not live action, but you know what I mean. It's not like... It's hard to explain. I guess you just have to watch the preview. It's an animated movie. Yeah, but it's like a different... It's a no. different look to it. No. It has a different feel. It does. Anyway. A little bit. A little bit. Anyway. I'm excited to uh, do this thing. We should probably put it on Twitter as well. Try to... There's something on Twitter we can maybe... Obviously, we're going to do it on the website... But hopefully, maybe we can figure something yeah, out on social media. Hopefully, we can get like maybe we can get the live stream going on our Facebook page and our Twitter page at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. try to get all three rep stri- uh, streams going. I don't know how we're gonna set it up though. We got to figure out the logistics of that still. How we're gonna get it live streamed? Maybe we maybe we gotta talk to some people about moving. You know, getting it set up somewhere. You know, should we wear tuxes still? No, we can Dr- wear nice dress clothes. shirts. Dress shirts. Yeah, we definitely wear wearing dress shirts. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. We got Evan and I are going to sit down this week, go through all the nominees, pick our three finalists. It's going to be some heated debates, I feel like. So We'll do it live from Shanklin Park. Throw an elbow or two while we're discussing the award show. Make sure there's plenty of space so I can run away. Evan will have a broken nose when we do the show next week or in two weeks, so be ready for it. And then you'll go eat a galupa, and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah, and I'll calm down after my galupa. So. You need to hit up Taco Bell and be like, just hear me out. Galupa. <laughs> a gordita combined with a chalupa. There you go. Could be good. Okay. 
from Galupas to retirements, Brent Culp. I forgot to mention this on last week's show. Should have mentioned it because he retired last Tuesday. But Brent Culp, uh, Goshen softball coach, retiring after 22 seasons, uh, 15 at Jimtown, eight. Eight years, seven seasons with Goshen. They didn't get 2020, of course. So 23 years. 23 years, 22, 22 seasons. seasons. Okay. It went 378, 228, and one. His tie was his first game ever coaching Jimtown against Goshen. So how about that? It's like a how full, about it? full circle moment for him. Um, took Jimtown to the Final Four of State in 2007. Won multiple conference titles, sectional titles at Jimtown. Built up a really good program there. Uh, good guy. I've always enjoyed my conversations with him. I agree. One of my favorite coaches to talk to. Um, good dude. He's still, I mean, he's still relatively young. He's still like in his fifties. He's not old, you know. So compared to us, he graduated college in 1993. So, like math, there 30 years. He's 52, 51. 1993. Mm-hmm. Before we were born. Yeah, like 51. Not to make you feel old, Brent. 51. He was born. He graduated college like 18 months before I was born. So. That's and, crazy. Yeah. So, good career. Great guy. Looking forward to running into him probably at games, random games this year, you know, in the upcoming year. So. He'll be around. Yep. And also, uh, Cade Brenner. He didn't retire. He's not retiring, from what I understand. Uh, Cade Brenner will be playing in the juniors versus seniors all star game uh, this Wednesday. At Mount Vernon Fortville High School, home of the uh, Class 4A football state champs. I sorry, sorry Northridge fans. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Northridge fans. For, we were in the 42nd minute of this podcast being like, oh, this has been a great show. And then I remind them of the state football title game and stuff. I was like, that name really rings a bell. It's triggering. Yeah, yeah the Marauders. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're playing at Mount Vernon Fortville. Uh, Ev- er, Evan Cooper. Cade, wow, this has been bad. <laughs> wow, this has been disastrous. Cade Brenner. Cooper, what? Cooper Weens. Cooper Weens is the all-star game. Cade Brenner, as part of the Indiana Junior All-Star Team, will be playing against the Indiana Senior All-Star Team. 8 p.m. Wednesday, Mount Vernon, Fortville, near Indianapolis. So, I will try to get a story written about him, his experience, maybe later in the week. We'll see. No, don't don't hold me to that though. What does that mean? You don't think? Well, like am I just run? Am I just run out of time, hours, energy? I don't know. You never know. Care? No, I care. But <laughs> you I just, might run you know. out of care. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also we got one more individual still playing tennis, Addison Mast from Fairfield. She's going to be in the state tournament, individual state tournament. Sophomore Addison Mast. You, you did some research there. Evan, you got some factoids for us about the uh, individual? Did I do some research? All I have here is the schedule for the state finals, which I can read if you'd like me do to. Do it. When does Addison Mast play? Addison Mast, she will be playing in the state quarterfinals of the individual state tournament on Friday at 2 against freshman Sarah Rowe from Terre Haute. Freshman Sarah Rowe, she... Was eleven and seven in the regular season, five and zero obviously to get to this point in the playoffs. So her overall record is sixteen and seven. Addison Mast, she was twenty one and one regular season, five and zero as well in the playoffs. So she is up to twenty six and one for her individual record. And she wins the semifinals. Will be on Saturday at ten a.m. And then the state title is the same day at two p.m. 
Where are they playing this at? They are playing this at Park Tudor in in Indianapolis. There you go. Can you believe it? It's almost like Indianapolis is like this big city in the center of the state that can like host things. What if they just went somewhere like really terrible, like Gary? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. Day title in Gary, beautiful Gary, Indiana. Angola. Yeah. Angola is a fine town, but like I'm just thinking of like the most geographically terrible. Like Evansville is at least a big city. You can go to if you went to Evansville, you'd be like, well, at least it's a bigger town. That's geographically terrible too. It is geographically terrible. The only the only ones that are like not in Indy are state cross countries in Terre Haute, state tracks in Bloomington, and then softball is in Purdue. But everything else I think is in Indianapolis. Or Indianapolis area, like golf's at Carmel. And that's Indianapolis area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything else is like in Indy. They should do boys track finals there too. They did it last year for the pandemic. I went to Ben Davis High School, but IU's got a really nice facility, so you might as well go use it if you can. And Purdue's got a really nice softball complex, so you might as well use it if you can as well. Yes. Yes. That's what I've heard. Through the grapevine. Very Source, nice. Sources tell me. I've never sources seen them in person. Me it's very nice. I, I haven't been to, there. I almost went to Bloomington this past weekend, but I was like, eh. I was sitting in my car at Oak Hill High School and being like, um, still a long drive to Bloomington. I don't know. So I decided against it. So, If Addison wins her match in the quarterfinal, I'm, she could play in the semifinals against South Bend St. Joseph's. Molly Belia. Belia? So close. Belia? Belia? She's a sophomore. She was the individual state champ last year. She's also 26-1, and one, so what a clash that would be in the semis. Shout out Michiana getting a state semifinal match, potentially. They know how to do the tennis up here. They should have them play like in like Elkhart, you know, middle ground. Outside. Yeah. On the field. Yes, on the turf. Everyone comes. Elkhart High School's football turf. It's like Wimbledon, but not really. The malice at Rice Field. It's not the same as the malice in the palace. (laughs) The rumble in the jungle. (laughs) I guess it could be the rumble in the jungle because Rice Field, Elkhart, the Lions. Lions are in the jungle. Could work. I can tell you're writing it down. You're like, this is good. That was a good idea. Write this down. Write this down. And finally, Notre Dame baseball. We kind of talked about it. We tried to segue our way into it earlier, but we weren't ready. Uh, Notre Dame baseball, no super regional ready. bound again. Second year in a row. Um, since we've started following Notre Dame baseball, you and I, they've only known it's gone to super regionals. So We followed them way more last year than this year. Yeah. <laughs> we had, I felt like we had more time almost last year because of the high school schedule like being so crazy this year, like it moved mm-hmm. a lot of things around so we couldn't get to Notre Dame as often. Like last year, it was a normal spring. So the schedule actually opened up for us to be able to go to Notre Dame more often. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's not it's not uh, Notre Dame's fault. It's just that it was like we had a lot more. Uh, yeah, because obviously Notre Dame had a pretty solid regular season. It wasn't for the fact that, oh yeah, they're bad. We're no, we, we, we would have gone to more games if we had the – opportunity we, we couldn't afford to really go to a Sunday game because we had 
you know, hour restrictions, hours restrictions. If we were salaried, we would have been to some of those Sunday games probably. But yep. it just happened to work out where I was just, you know, and all their big series too felt like they were on the road. Like they went to my, they went to Miami, to Florida State. Like a lot of the home games weren't like, oh, we got to go to that because it's a big game. Like mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was about their biggest home series this year. So Georgia Tech. I covered them against Clemson on spring break week. That's about it. So yeah, I think. And I got to one of their non-conference games too against. Uh, I forgot who they beat that day, but it was. I think it was the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was some yeah, random. You just went to two games. That's right. Was it Valpo? Valpo sounds right. Yeah, Valpo. So I'll play the. What are they They're called now? They're not the now? Crusaders anymore. They're, they are uh, the Beacons. That's right. The Beacons. The Beacons of Light. Dumb. We have a Valpo, uh, current Valparaiso student in our office now for the summer. Concord High School graduate Belle Brunner is our new intern. She plays golf there. She was on the girls' golf team. They went to Con- uh, State for Concord in 2020. Yeah, she's going to be helping us too. Yeah. In, our, uh, in a, in a uh, golf, she's, little golf thing she's next week. Yeah, we have a golf <laughs> tournament that we're playing. She, she actually came up to me. She was like, I saw that we're in. In a golf tournament, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> got talked into that. So actually, I didn't get talked into it. I just got put in it. So I talked myself out of it. <laughs> I talked you out of it. No. I talked. I talked Doug out of putting you in it. <laughs> Not was, true. Anyway, I fought. I fought it tooth and nail. Notre Dame baseball. They beat Texas Tech, host Georgia Southern, and then Texas Tech again to win the Georgia Southern regional. Uh, the game against Georgia Southern on Saturday night was crazy. They had the bases loaded. Top of the eighth, two outs. Georgia Southern brings in a relief pitcher. The guy hits two straight guys to bring in two runs, and then Irish won 6-4. Got out of a big jam in the bottom of the eighth. Jack Finley, the freshman lefty, man, he was awesome on Saturday night. Pitched him out, and then he saved the game on Sunday. The Super Regional Bound going up against Tennessee, number one seed overall, Tennessee and Knoxville. Uh, you got some fun facts there about Tennessee baseball, Evan? You wish I did. I can tell you their record. That's all. Right. That's the end of our show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. They've had, they're really good. Tennessee's very, very good. They. I mean, a fun fact. I mean, they played Georgia Southern. Tennessee did. You know, in the regular season, and swept them, and it wasn't even close. They outscored them. They outscored them um, thirty-three to three in those three games. So it gives you an idea of what obviously. Both teams are different from the regular season, but it gives you an idea of the caliber of team Tennessee is compared to what Notre Dame had beaten Georgia Southern. So the Irish have their hands full, I would say. Tennessee is 56-7 and seven overall. They were 37-3 and three at home, so they've only lost three games at home all season, and Notre Dame somehow has to take two away from them this upcoming weekend. So it's going to be a tall task. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I know Notre Dame almost took one last year, right? Or did it go game three, three they, games? They so went they, three against Mississippi State. Okay, and Notre they were winning the second game, but then they ended up losing it they, eventually. No, they were winning the first game. They were up big in that first game, and they blew the lead. Then they won game two. That's right. And they yeah. forced game three the Monday night against Mississippi State, and they lost um, like 11-8 to eight or whatever. Um Notre Dame should have won that series last year, probably. They were mm-hmm. up like 6-0 in like the fifth inning or sixth inning in that first game. Um, 
it's not impossible, I feel like, for Notre Dame to win this weekend. It's going to be a tall ask, obviously. Tall ask. Task. Tall task. Task. Ask. Tall task could have made more sense. Tall task. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy, obviously, beating the number one team. And not just a number one team. Like, they've been dominant number one for about six weeks. There's been no question who the best team in college baseball has been the last six weeks. It's been Tennessee. Dominated the SEC, which is not easy to do, obviously. And so, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. But... Notre Dame has really good pitching, and they probably are a little motivated that they didn't get to host the regional. Their seeding wasn't their best. They could still carry some of that. Like in a, in a just world, they would have been a you know like a ten or eleven seed. Wouldn't have to be going to Tennessee. Would be able to maybe play an easier super regional mm-hmm. than this. Um, so they could have that motivation still to to win. It's going to be very hard to beat them twice. So yeah, never say never. I know Notre Dame is. Obviously, great pitching staff, probably the best one in their specific conference, the ACC. But Tennessee's, I mean, a full all-around team. They have six or seven guys hitting over three hundred in their lineup. It's pretty so good. And college baseball cons- is pretty consistency good. is there. So even with the Irish's pretty solid pitching, it's going to be tough to keep them, you know, from scoring and hitting and getting on base and all of the above. Playing so, baseball. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to play baseball for Notre Dame. In the but you box. never know. And if they win, if they win two out of three, I'm going to Omaha, baby. Nebraska. Yeah. Omaha. Your second home. Be My a home, second home. Be a homecoming for you. Yeah. For the five months I worked out there. Yeah. I thought it was six. Six, whatever. February to July, six. That's five. Yeah, it's five. Wow. Wow. It was like February 6th to May to July 4th, so about five months, yeah. Okay, that was fun fun math time. We've had a lot of really fun um, subplots to this episode. Diversions, Red distractions. Red River rivalry in the softball college world series final uh, Red River. thing there. Red River, Oklahoma, Texas. Yep. It would either have been Red River... Oklahoma, Texas, or the other uh, Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, did you did you see the play that Texas won the game on, basically? Nope. Last night? It was crazy. It was absolutely wild. They, Oklahoma State was up 5-3. Texas had runners on first and second. Girl, it's a single to right field. Right fielder kind of bobbles the ball a little bit, so it allows the run to come in. Throw goes to the pitcher. Pitcher gets the ball. They have a girl, like, basically dead to rights at second base. Pitcher throws the ball. Like, throws a dart way past second baseman, goes all the way to the wall in left field, left center field. So the other two runners come around and score for Texas. They took a 6-5 lead off of that in the fifth inning, and they won the game 6-5. So, What about UCLA? Tough. UCLA beat Oklahoma. I was like, oh, the Bruins. Yeah, they won the first game, and then Oklahoma was like, nah. <laughs> Oklahoma was like, now I'm 15-0. angry. <laughs> I think Oklahoma's gonna win, probably going to win the series in two, two out of three, and be done. They're really good, man. They're like historically great this year, Oklahoma softball. So. They've been historically great the last few seasons. Yeah, they got the girl who's the all-time leader in home runs. Her name escapes me. I didn't write it down, but Aho or something like that. She's a what? She's from Hawaii. She's a leading. She's the all-time leader in, in NCAA history in home runs. Gotcha. She broke the record like two months ago too. She's like just crushing. Not even. Yeah. It wasn't Not, she, had, she, had, she had two homers and seven RBIs yesterday in the the game against the the winning game against UCLA. 
So it's pretty good. Any other <clears throat> any other notes before we head out? I don't believe so. I'm good. I'm also good. All right. We are good together. Are we? Simultaneously. Both good. Okay. And that'll be this week's Goshen News Sports Podcast. We'll be back this time next week approximately. Hopefully we don't discuss any galupas the next time. Can you please drop the galupa? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. Now now I'm gonna have to I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna clip that specific part about the galupas and tweet it out. And just be like, this, this is what the Goshen News Sports Podcast is broken down into. Is Galupa, Galupa. Galupa talk. <laughs> so we'll be back next week. I think we're putting, maybe we'll be done with the uh, golf. Maybe we won't. Time will tell. We'll see you then. <laughs>